You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib, and this is your host, Mamak Shakib. This podcast episode was extremely interesting. I interviewed Dr. Mary Wolkin on the subject of neurofast kinesiology. Her degree is she has a PhD in education, bioeducation, cell physiology, and she is the founder of Neurofast Kinesiology. Um, when I listened to the podcast, it seemed like Neurofast Kinesiology is a collection of so many, um, more than anything, Eastern medicine paradigms like homeopathy, meridian chakra. There's a lot of energy intuition, as she referred to, and um, the, just the basic cell physiology that we are aware of. This was very, very interesting. Nothing I knew about, and that's the whole gist of this podcast to bring to you what's out there and uh, what kind of information you can gather or seek help through. Dr. Mary Wilkins' information is in the show notes for your reference. And uh, like I said, this was extremely fascinating and I really uh, was blown away by what uh, Dr. Wilkin does. Uh, for any questions, comments, or suggestions, please forward them to me to drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. So with no further ado, here is Dr. Mary Wilkin on the subject neurofast kinesiology. All right, Dr. Walken, Dr. Mary Walken, thank you and welcome to the show. I'm super excited to steal you for a, a few minutes uh, and uh, pick your brain. Dr. Walken, tell us more about what it is that you do, neurofast kinesiology, what's that all about? How can that help people uh, improve their quality of their life and their being? Tell us everything you know and everything you wish people knew about what you do. <laughs> I wish I had the magic pill that I could just download all that information. But anyway, um, the roots of neurofast kinesiology are in a combination of neurokinesiology, as you know it, and homeopathy, acupressure, and photon work. So I've been able to... Uh, be well-trained in the neurokinesiology um, by some of the best people in the world. And they have, um, over the years, certainly gone deeper and deeper into how to work with the neural circuitry and the biochemistry circuitry, the fascia, et cetera, et cetera, in the body and to detect where the blocks are or where the circuitry in the body is slowing down and then be able to regulate the speed of the different biochemical and electrical circuitry. So um, is neurofast kinesiology, a, a, is this something that's new? Is it a collection? Yes. 
It is new. It is. A, it's like new how old? it is a collection. It's something that I developed. You developed. I developed. Okay, so Dr. Wolken, I know you have a PhD. What's your PhD in? My PhD, well, it says it's in education, but really it's in bioeducation. So, and my research work is done in cell physiology. And I ran a cell physiology lab for a couple of years while I was in graduate school. So it's always fascinated me how cells and component parts of cells talk to each other. That every time, you know, I looked under the microscope, I go, wow, it can talk so well to different parts of the cell. How come we can't talk to each other like this, you know? And so the question always drove me, what what makes this happen? How does this communication go on? And that question was just totally absorbing. So no matter what I learned, whatever I was able to add to my basic homeopathy and biology, cell physiology training, that it was always that question that was behind it. What and how are these things connected? Where did it all come from? And now we're talking about the subject of creation. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that, that question absorbed me and it was about six years ago, actually, I think that I was listening to a podcast by Deepak Chopra Mm -hmm. and um, he, you know, how his, uh, his cronies, his physicist cronies give him a hard time all the time. And um, one got up, there was a panel discussion, and one got up and um, this, uh, this man says that his work is in dark matter of the universe. And he um, said they had just discovered within that last year uh, what they thought was the source of all energy in the universe. And I went, whoa, (laughs) I'm listening to this. And he held up two pictures, and I'll never forget it. In one hand, he said, this is a picture of the neural circuits, the cells in the brain firing. And he held up the other picture, and he said, this is the picture we just took from the center of the universe, from the black hole. And they looked about identical. Hmm. that's what I did too. I went, oh, wow. So then basically everything that we've heard uh, both in all the religions of the world as well as all the science of the world said that, and then there was light and everything has emanated from light in a step-down effect to the body. So if that's what where we're hooked basically is to this huge neurotransmitter in the sky, (laughs) then um, obviously each cell communicates with each other, either for better or for worse, with this same light. So are you saying that in essence, we are connected to everything around us through exactly neurotransmission, not necessarily directly, but directly connected, but influenced by. We are directly connected. Don't tell me we're in sync with everything <laughs> around us. So our oh, yes, thinking influences. <laughs> this is kind of like you've heard of uh, Masura Emoto, 
Um, yes. The, the, okay. So just for the listeners, uh, he's the Japanese. I'm not sure if he's a doctor, but he's a Japanese. Um, I'm not sure what to call he, him. He was, while he was alive, he was one of the most a scientist. famous uh, scientists in water research. Right. So he talked about molecular structure of water. That's right. And how that is influenced by even words that we say. And of exactly. course, you know, the, he's referred to as a pseudoscientist for uh, thinking that because, you know, you and I, and I'm sure um, Master or Dr. Emoto, <laughs> and, and hopefully most of the people listening to this podcast uh, are very well aware that we're, we're, connected to everything around us influenced by energy but you know pseudoscientists because i guess you can't double blind study that or something like that uh so basically that was the triggering thought that exposure to the two connections uh, and you started looking and what did you find well and what devices i mean was this discovery made obviously the 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 seed was planted in a laboratory as you were looking through a microscope, but then were you able to watch the influence of different factors on how our cells? Okay. Tell us more. Tell us more. My God, maybe, maybe I've stolen you more than 30 or 60 minutes. (laughs) So even, even before Miramoto, uh, before I was introduced to Miramoto, um, I had worked with energy um, since I was early, seven years old. And so I knew that there was a connection, energetically speaking. But as I came up to graduate school and in all the sciences that I loved dearly, I came, um, I thought my next step was going to be to go to medical school. And so I had applied and was accepted and I was going literally for my interview. And I walked up to the door and put my hand on the door to go in for the interview. And I heard this very loud voice and the loud voice said, Mary, what are you doing this for? You know, you will never practice this kind of medicine. (laughs) I looked around (laughs) Because it was loud. I looked around to see if there was anybody else that I could see. Well, there's no one else I could see. I took my hand off the door. I came home and I started into two days of prayer and said, okay, if it's not this, what do you want me to do? Make it so clear I can't miss it. So it took a little, a few days at the most. And I got this telephone call. And the telephone call was from a friend who was organizing a lecture for this doctor that was coming into town. He's a medical doctor from India that was coming into town. And um, he was going to give a talk on something I'd never heard of. It was called homeo. And there was only one word that started with homeo that that I knew in my life. And she said, homeopathy. And I'm going, what's that? And so she invited me to the lecture. Well, I sat down in this lecture and found that that was the medicine I'd been looking for. It took care of all the energetics. You had to learn to listen very carefully to all parts of people. 
and even some that they weren't in touch with before you could prescribe. And got to meet this doctor afterwards. And after we spent some time in an interview with him, he looked at me and he said, you know, Mary, he said, you have uh, just a couple of choices as far as what you want to do with your future. And I went, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, you can come to India and stay in my complex and go to medical school there and learn, you know, get your MD and your homeopathic license and then come back to the state. Or you can do it in Mexico City or do it on your own in the Southwest with take-home programs and all this kind of stuff. It's your choice, but that's really your future. Hmm. So he was absolutely correct. And, and so I've been doing homeopathy since 1979 and working with people, doing these interviews and helping people to help themselves with homeopathy. And then about 16, 17 years ago, um, I had a family by this time and my son had learning challenges and I didn't know it specifically at the time, but I noticed that when he went out on the soccer field, that after he ran for a bit, not only was he having some challenges that we had worked on uh, homeopathically for breathing called stress-induced asthma, but he got this weird change in gait while he was out there. And so I'd been introduced to this man who gave him down again to do another lecture. And this man... Um, was into uh, neurokinesiology. He was heading up a school in that. He was giving a lecture. And I, at that point, was running a nonprofit medical education association, and I needed a centerfold article. And so I was interviewing him for this article, and we got talking about my son. And um, he said, well, by the description you're giving me of your son, first of all, uh, he sounds like he's very gifted. He's very brilliant. And I think he would be, quote unquote, a piece of cake to turn on. He says, why don't you bring him in and I'll check him out and, and test him and see how he does. But I don't think it's going to be a problem at all to change around his learning slash physical challenge there. And I said, if you can do this, then you will have a student for life. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you say, you know, this kind of thing. Right. And the rest is history. So we took him in. He changed his gait in one session and uh, got my attention. And so how did he change the gait? He worked um, with the circuits of the body to find out where in the brain um, the impedance was. And then he reset the stress. And then So are we talking in. about... Are we talking about muscle testing to name off different things? He did some see? muscle testing. I don't do as much muscle testing as he did now, but definitely he used muscle testing to help with that. But they had developed books of uh, circuitry patterns and things to help use and, you know, for different conditions and things like that. So, uh, but always individualized work. So Dr. Wolken, is this like a combination of um, uh, uh, neurology, 
and perhaps acupuncture meridian points Definitely. and muscle testing. So are we talking about mostly Eastern, for and lack of a better word? Yes. Yeah, and homeopathy. So I'm trying to picture what, the, what this would look like, and not just for your son, because this is essentially what neurofast kinesiology, it sounds like it is, right? Right. Well, I am an intuitive by birth, and um, so I'm able to test either on myself and or on the body um, with or without muscle testing to find out um, what circuits we need to work on and then what homeopathic remedies, what light remedies, what biophoton energy we need to rebalance the circuitry. And I can work on that whether somebody's in the office or they're flying in a plane. It doesn't matter. Okay, so this is what the by proxy right. is, like surrogate. Exactly. Okay, so for so I'm a little more familiar than probably I would. I'm gonna go on a limb and say everyone <laughs> listening. <laughs> right. So with that said, explain to us. What does like a visit look like? Someone with a problem, what range of problems? Are we talking about physical problem? Are we talking about emotional problem? What problems would people need to have? At what juncture should they see someone that does neurofast kinesiology? Why fast kinesiology? Is that something you just coined the term yes. to identify neurokinesiology from what you do, because it's more than neurokinesiology. Definitely. It, it's more than that, although the roots are definitely in neurokinesiology. So there's absolutely, you know, I'm not putting that down, but what um, I ask somebody, whether they're in the office or not, they come to me for trauma work. That's my specialty. And uh, so trauma involves physical, mental, and emotional things. What I'm finding by using all the different testing methods that I have, both on and off the body, is that we are looking, you know, somebody comes in for trauma. This is generally not the first time in their life they've had trauma, which is no surprise to you. Um, but it, you know, it builds in the system and it's not forgotten in the system. So we are picking up trauma. I mean, we're bringing trauma in as we come into the fertilized egg for many. Uh, and oh, are we talking about like, let's say a woman, I'm just for sake of the example, someone who was, uh, let's say emotionally or mentally abused while pregnant. Right. Because and I, I'd or, like to think I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and or they may have this trauma that they're carrying uh, from their family that we'll say for an example that in the past they were Jewish immigrants and they'd gone through either concentration camp and or whatever awful things were going on over there at that time. That energetic forms are transmitted to the next generation. 
Uh-huh. And we can test for that and help remove that. So how many generations in the past would you say a trauma can get carried to the next generation? Oh, it, I, there is no number. Uh, because mm. we're looking both at trauma as well as the other aspect of that, of why did you come and are you working or, you know, born through these people? Why have you chosen these people? Now we're getting philosophical. Well, no, we're, we're going to get very physical with it, too. So I, are we talking about epigenetics here playing a role? Yep. We're, Man, we're talking I, about combining all of that. Because that is, for, for the listeners who don't know what epigenetics is, and I don't believe Dr. Lipton is the one that came up with it, but Dr. Lipton is the person that I... Uh, got exposed to the concept of epigenetics through <clears throat> epigenetics basically says all cells are influenced by what we experience. So there is an imprint, even though you may not feel it. And under certain circumstances, that is potentially unbeknownst to us, but it's true to our cell that was exposed. It can flourish. It right. can actually allow that, that, that's right. Blueprint, not blueprint, a fingerprint come to the surface exactly. and influence the way we behave physically, mentally, emotionally, you name it. And, right. Um, which I, it makes total sense to us because you can't separate yourself from the rest of you. It's part That's of right. it. So through epigenetics, of course, the, <laughs> you know, your reproductive cells are influenced and therefore probably trauma to a mother is worse than a father just because of the half of it is why, which doesn't last as long. Well, uh, it only takes a brief moment in time. It doesn't have to be right. yeah. forever. So long-term, long-term yeah. effect. Mitochondrial, X chromosome, micro mitochondria, that's why... Uh, even since you refer to the Jewish religion, you know, that's, um, you're considered a Jew if your mother is Jewish. <laughs> There's some validity to that uh, everlasting X chromosome. But uh, I don't want to digress here and make it a personal conversation, even though I'm freaking fascinated by this. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, uh, that's so not what we're exposed to. Uh, so, right. so... Okay, I, uh, let's, let's go back to what you were talking about. So through concepts of epigenetics that we know now is epigenetics, you can test a person even from a, for a baby that is not even born. That's right. Wow. That and, must be freaky. Well, it gets just more fascinating. It's sort of like tracing the source of light back to its source, that kind of thing. Um, because it's all detective work and it's all fascinating work to find out something, have the person say, oh, aha, that's why as a kid I did X, Y, or Z or, you know, whatever. It gives some explanation now for things that in, aren't available through traditional medicine. And in that explanation alone, Yes, there's a responsibility, but there's also a freedom 
that, okay, this is the kind of stuff that went on. It doesn't mean it has to continue. We can shift the energetics of this thing, get the lesson we came to learn, and move on stronger so that we can serve people better. So how do you know how to fix them? So it's one thing to recognize. How do you know? Do you expose them to a series of words or feelings and uh, maybe touching certain parts of the body that involves with the blockage of, I assume, energy points, the chakras, meridian, whatever you want to call it, that basically exposes them to the other side? Um, Basically, it's sort of... I explain what I do, like being a fancy car mechanic, that if you take your expensive vehicle into a high-end car mechanic and it's got some kind of issues going on with it that you obviously don't understand nor know how to fix, but you go in and he takes his his computer and he takes his probes and does whatever he does. And he comes back and he says, X, Y, and Z are wrong with the car. Is it okay if we fix them? And you say, sure. And he comes back and the car runs. And we don't question that because it's what he does. In a way, that's sort of what I do. So both by channeling information as well as by the different devices I have, Um, and the intuition that I work with, I am able to test either on or off the body or through my body to see what circuitry is involved and then go deeper to find out where in that are we, uh, is the problem like in many, many, many cases uh, at the fascial level of things? that really in traditional medicine, they know little about that these days. I mean, they've got thousands of articles now, but they still don't have all the buttons and whistles together on how those things go in order. Um, Or what combination of levels are we talking? And then underneath that, if, okay, if the kidney is involved, the spleen is involved, we'll say gallbladder is involved. And emotionally, they're distraught. Now, what's connecting the dots between all those things? And what do we need to release it? Do we need a special hormone uh, that we can add energetically to the body, either through light directly, or do I need to make a homeopathic of it and give it to them? Or do I need to just simply do some muscle release work and get through that level, you know, that way, or do we need a whole combination of that with other homeopathics and obviously ongoing work to, um, you know, help this person feel better. So in the, in the resolution of the problem, you refer to internal organs and then fascia for obviously fascia, fascia for those who are listening, the other name for it is fabric of life. What goes over and under every part of your body. And not talking about Exactly. So when you identified and you separated fascial level versus, let's say, an internal organ, let's say kidney in this example, what is the difference if. There isn't. There isn't. So it doesn't show the level of, let's say, the deeper it is, uh, deeper level it is, 
the older, perhaps previous generation issue that's been uh, handed down to this individual versus this is acquired through their life. Does that identify when or how deep or old the problem is or not necessarily? Why fascia and not internal organs are the other way around? Well, what what would identify that? Okay. They're one and the same, but the organ itself is composed of fascia. And if we go back, it's just step one, one zone back that Mm -hmm. we have the fertilized egg. First things that develop in the fertilized egg, uh, obviously the egg and the sperm unite and they unite energetically. And what forms from that union are your first meridian flows in the body. So, so now we're talking about the Ayurveda to some degree. The doshas of your parents play a role in the dosha of the fertilized egg. Totally. Right? Totally. I see. I see. Yeah. And we're talking acupuncture because right. those meridians are what make up the doshas. So you've got your governing and your central vessel, the front and the back main meridian flows of the body. Those are the first two flows to come from that union of the fertilized cell. Then within a week to two at the most, you start to see from that energetic flow that's developing in there inside the egg, you start to see these kind of like spider-like things almost coming off. And that's the fascia. Mm -hmm. And from that, you know, that keeps going and from the coalition of the fascia at different levels forms the organs and the other tissues from there, the brain, all of that stuff. So fascia is not just going over under body parts and organs, but through up and over every cell. Exactly. And thus fabric of life forms the communication network where the light flows for everything. So how do you know, I guess your intuition is what guides you Yep. as you listen to the person's story and then you test to confirm and you proceed to resolve. Exactly. Do you need to have the tools or can you just do it with your mind and your touch? Depends. I hate those depends answers. Well, because certain, <laughs> certain strokes are certain. All so the exciting let, let me, ones, is, okay. it depends. <laughs> let me give you an example. Sometimes it's faster for me to use this one light energetic program that I've got uh, that involves homeopathy and meridian flows if I'm dealing with some uh, physical scarring. Whether the person's in the office or at a distance, it really doesn't matter that I can take next to a picture of that individual and um, a picture of their scar, I can put these light rods next to it, turn on a special program for scarring and have that person watch the scar disappear in many cases. In a matter of- That is so, that (laughs) is so, oh my gosh. So I can only imagine the kind of attack what you just said receives and yet 
you know, it's a matter of if you believe and if you see, then you continue on despite. Well, they might not continue on because I had a young doctor who just finished up her training and she came in one day. She happened to be dating my son, actually. And she came in just to try this out. You know, she was very mental when she came in. And, and so I explained this one machine to her because I thought it was easier for her to deal with a machine than just straight energy. And because um, I could do it either way. But um, she had she said, oh, I got a scar on my leg um, from soccer. I said, well, you want to try to see if we can get it to lighten up or go away? And she, she looks at me kind of quizzically, and she says, yeah, okay. I said, let's go for it. So I put the rods alongside her leg, and we ran the program maybe a couple of times, three times maybe. And this whole thing may, maybe took six minutes, certainly less than 10, and it disappeared. Oh my God. That's what she said. And she she looks at me with this panic across her face because, of course, she's not been exposed to any of that in traditional medicine. And she goes, her first question was, Where did it go? I said, I don't know. The body doesn't need it anymore. It's talking to the outside and inside of your tissues. It does not need a scar anymore. She says, Will it come back? I said, No. And that was the last time I saw her because it scared the tar out of her. So, of course, my brain's going to, like, endometriosis. That's severe scarring. Have you ever tried it on people with endometriosis? No, I haven't, haven't had the well, opportunity to work with anybody. How can scarring go away, though? Because, I mean, that's well, the body, the fascia, has the ability to, you know, protect itself and the way it protects it itself, especially on the, the outside is to make a scar and the outside is scar is cold because there's no, uh, you know, cell connections there, no flow of energy through veins, you know, capillaries, any of that, but on the inside it's warm and active and alive. And so it's a matter of completing that circuit between the outside and in. Once it's completed, it doesn't need the scar because that was only protection. So why wouldn't they use this for people with severe scars, especially on their faces or, you know, for cosmetic reasons? I would think that they would be all over this. Well, with part of it had the ability. To, yeah. Well, part of it had to do with the founder of a lot of this light therapy. That, Which was who? Uh, I'm not gonna even going to talk about his name. Um, oh. He got kicked out of the country because he wouldn't do what I suggested strongly he should do. He had come. Well, he'd been in the country teaching chiropractors and other people for like about 25 years. And then he decided to go forward, expand the program, uh, try to teach through our nonprofit medical education association and open the doors to all kinds of lay people and all that. Not, believe me, I'm considered a lay person because I have a PhD and not an MD. So um, I understand that. But I told him, I said, now this program, we're taping it. And it's going to go around the world. Can we just focus on advertising to medical people? 
I mean, where could we use this? God, emergency rooms could go insane or something like this. Um, you know, most medical offices could benefit by this kind of stuff. It goes, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. And it, at the same time, the FDA was trying to negotiate with this man to get things in order for his paperwork for these machines and others that he'd been selling in the States. And so comes time for this conference, this training conference. And it was like, I'd planned a lot of medical conferences for training for medical professionals, but this one was like the conference from hell. Everything that could go wrong started to go wrong. And we come to the day of the conference and I look around and he's not there. And he has his assistant going to teach to start with. And I'm going, what is going on? And so finally, somebody tells me he's out talking to somebody. And he spent the whole morning of the first day of the conference outside. Which totally, you know, I was flipping out. But um, finally he comes in at lunchtime and he calls me aside and says, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he sits this woman across the table from me and he said, you know, Mary meet so-and-so. This is blah, blah, blah from the FDA. I went, oh. <laughs> I've spent my life trying to keep things on the straight and narrow and he's putting me in the lion's mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then he left. So here we were. And so we started chatting and we both uh, complained to each other about how uncooperative this man was and blah, blah, blah. And that's only part of what happened at this conference. But long story short, um, they kind of held back on giving him approval. And he decided to leave the country after the conference and not pay his bills. And um, so lots of people were after him. So that's kind of to make a long story short. So no, I don't promote him. He's still alive and active, but not not here because he's decided he hates all Americans and Canadians oh. and won't help them because <laughs> it's our oh. fault that he had to leave. But anyway, you know, that kind of thing. But and I've been looking since then, I've been looking for a team of like biophysicists and people that work on these devices to, you know, I'm sure that somebody else can make these machines even better than he does because lots of people in biophysics have made all kinds of fancy devices. It's not me because that's not my specialty, but it would be something that would be also helpful to many, many people. So there's lots of things, you know, behind all this. So I use the machine and then if I have to or want to, and if the body calls for it, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I use a variety of homeopathics, either that are traditional homeopathics or that I make specific for an individual. And um, as I do the circuitry work, certain uh, hormones or whatever might come up in regards to, we'll say, anxiety. And, you know, that's traditional. There's certain hormones that really go out of whack if somebody is really anxious or heavily stressed. And if it looks like that's exactly what this person needs 
to calm things down, calm, calm their cells down, get them happier, then I will create a remedy specific to them. Yeah, that makes total sense. That definitely makes total sense. Um, um, so what the, how long is the, how long is a session? An average, yeah. An average session uh, is usually about an hour. Some sessions, if we're actually doing an interactive session where it turns out they really need to go back in time and find out the sources of this trauma. I mean, a lot of them think, oh, yeah, my childhood has been X, Y, or Z, and that's where all my problems come from. But if it comes up in the circuitry that it's actually older than that, um, then I'm able to go back with them if we need to do that and to find out where this comes from. So what if it's from the previous generation? Oh, no problem. I can go back to Neanderthal times or whatever if I have to. But energy is is something that, you know, it's kind of like if you have I if you have a specialized office and you go into this office and you can look in one file and you see all the present stuff that science knows and all this kind of stuff and you can put up pull up whatever file you want and read it and use it. I've got the other file. For the past energetics. But and then are, how are you able to get the cooperation or answering questions or? Okay, I um, will. We will from, actually do a live session where uh, I will help them go into a light um, alternative mode to rest in that mode and then teach them how to see things and sense things on the screen of their mind and all very safe, all very protected. And they always have the option that if it's too strange for them or whatever, they can just open their eyes and they're out of it. Um, and that they talk to me through this. And so the two of us are looking at the same screen basically. And I'll ask them about, uh, well, how, you know, how do you feel about this? Or what do you see over there? Or do you sense anything here? Or whatever comes up. So is and, this like hypnotherapy? Um, a very, very light form of it. And a very, you know, it's kind of like looking at another TV screen for them. That they are, uh, it's not controlled by me. It's just, I tune in the knobs on the screen. Wow, this is so different from anything I know, which makes it even more interesting. Uh, it's fascinating. So where are you at? Are you in California? <laughs> I'm in Tucson, Arizona, but it doesn't really matter because I work with people around the world. Yeah, I would think, I mean, if it's energetic, yeah, what difference does it make? You could be from the other side of the... Right. Yeah, because it's all one. And like a, a simple version of that is um, either when somebody's going on a trip uh, and we'll say they're going around the world to some other location, they'll tell me when they're leaving and we set up a session for them and I'll just take the stress off while they're flying. So their body ends up on the right time zone when they land. Huh? So just out of curiosity, <laughs> are you 
able to connect since energy never gets lost? Are you able to connect with people from who are no longer alive? Yes. Wow. And I also help clients that are passing over. Although I have to say that my most recent client, who's been a friend and a client for about 30 years, um, before she passed over recently, what she wanted from me was something I couldn't give her. And she wanted me to actually ask God to take her like right now. And I said, you know, I have a lot of abilities, but that's not one of them. <laughs> I don't have that direct channel. <laughs> I appreciate you think I've got a lot of skills, but that's one I don't have. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question, which is, um, does, I mean, how does religion or religious people, how do religious people, deal with this uh, whole connection because do they think that oh this is not how it should be or do they think that like there are some religions that are against meditation because or like theta healing because you go to a part of the process where it's total blank and they believe in that zone of transition is where uh, Satan, for example, can ambush you, so to speak. That was my word, but that was my understanding. Well, I, I was Okay, so from an energetic perspective, I can understand where that might come from. Because remember that when, you know, when we come into this life, we come in... Uh, my favorite story about this is that before you come to this lifetime, you've decided, you know, this is the time I'm coming back. And uh, so you go to the gatekeeper, whoever that is, and you say, I'm ready. He says, you're sure you're ready. Um, okay, then good luck. And I'll tell you what you need to know on the way down. And so then you take off and you are in the process of getting to where you're going. And he says, oh, and by the way, you won't remember anything that I've told you. That's sort of how I think some of this is because of the stress of that union of the cell and egg. There's so much that's going on. It's kind of chaotic at that point in time, organized chaos at that point in time. So I think that whatever we came, you know, why we came uh, to these parents in particular, they have to come through that kind of confusion, dark zone kind of a thing. And depending on the state of the parents, the environment, all this kind of stuff at that point in time, um, will depend on the stress in that level of things, which has a lot to do on how fearful we are and if the devil made me do it kind of a thing comes up at that point. Um, so coming through that zone, there's a lot of things that has to be settled. And for most people, they just come here and it's amazing. Many of them survive with what they're conceived into, so to speak. Uh, but there's reasons why they've chosen the path that they have. So you're saying that in... The life before here, now, okay, 
say this planet, we were part of another place and we chose to be with our parents. That's, I think, the essence of, for example, um, LDS, Latter-day Saint, Mormon religion. And of course, they say you seal the children to their parents so when they pass on, they will still continue being as a family. Uh, this is so fascinating. It has so many arms to mm -hmm. so many different aspects of uh, questions and philosophies and so many parts of life. It's very interesting. It's almost overwhelming to well, figure that's why it out. It keeps me going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your days must never be boring. No, there are never two that are like, that's a fact. And, um, you know, what, what we find and how, and the big goal now is to attract people uh, to me and to the practice that not only want to straighten some of this stuff out for themselves, get out of their pain, whatever's causing it, but also get ready to pass this on to their kids and others that they're working with. Uh, so if, are there other practitioners such as yourself that are being trained? Do you train no. them since you're... I'm <laughs> the only one I am... I'm looking to train people that, you know, want to be trained. So it's... It's difficult because you've got to have lots of background in many ways, you know, and I'm not opposed to it. And certainly I'm looking at the potential of a couple of my clients that have expressed interest in wanting to know much more than what they know at this point in time. So I'm certainly interested in passing information down the circuit, so to speak. Because uh, that's that's why we're here, you know, is to share information and to make everything better and help these kids. Um, definitely have a very high interest in training mothers in how to train their kids, so that and who's coming to me uh, are very intuitive people, mothers that have young children that you know they have a big mission to accomplish they may come in you know obviously with challenges they may have learning uh challenges they may have physical challenges but they have an environment and the parents had challenges physical mental and emotional abuse this kind of thing but what i find is that uh, the people that come to me that have come from that kind of a background are highly intuitive because they've had to be to survive. Mm. And the abuse for the ones that are coming, not for everybody, but for the ones that are coming um, is tuned in and I can just tune up the frequency so they can use it effectively. This is so fascinating. I would think someone who's intuitive and good with technology potentially uh, to operate the machinery if that's what they have to have. No, they don't um, have to. You don't have to have machinery to do and help people. That's, that's just an added bonus. You don't have to have it. Um, it makes some things easier, like this, this last machine that I got 
but dealing with the man that developed it is ridiculous. So basically we need to have another team that can work on the development of a newer version of things so that, you know, more people have a reasonable access to things. And are you and able to, are, I'm sorry, there was a pause on my end, but I don't think there was one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you, were, and, you were saying, you know, this team of researchers, certainly um, we just, it needs to happen because the, the information is there. It needs to be perfected without all the politics that go around this particular avenue of this machine. Yeah. Um, it must be interesting. Uh, are you able to, I'm just thinking, my gosh, with, with all of these things that you're sharing with us, all you have to do is basically touch a person and pause long enough time to probably scan through their body to see where there is a blockage. And then tell the person, okay, let's pay, let's pay attention to this specific area or this physical area. Or um, okay, my I do just the opposite. I will I will listen to them and ask them where they want to start. I don't tell. I them. mean that makes sense, but I'm just like almost like an annual checkup. Sometimes, you know, yeah. people come in with a specific problem. Sometimes they're coming in to see, okay, am I good everywhere? <laughs> you know, yeah. that type of situation. Everybody's got stuff, you know, and that's why, you know, ones that have begun with me that are really serious about this, you know, they may be around 30 years because they get the tune-ups, as you, as you referred to it, that they, they like that they can't get other places. And then they go forward and... You know, it becomes more than just a practitioner-client relationship. They yeah, become that makes part sense. of my extended family. And for many, they need that kind of extension. Now, what do you do to cleanse yourself uh, uh, of what you gather from all these exposures, energetically speaking? I will daily do my meditations and clean both the office as well as, you know, energetically as well as physically. I mean, cause I will have sometimes people have come in that, uh, I, I had a new person one time that came in, sat in the one chair. I sat at my desk chair and I was, at my taking some notes or something and I looked over and I did a double take because from the back of this person, there was another person oh, literally. And I said, are <laughs> you're not sure when you bring this up to somebody, I said, are you, are you aware that there's somebody else with you? He says, Oh yeah, that's been my friend since I was two. Oh my God, that is so, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> that's scary. And um, I said, well, you know, and so immediately I grabbed some essential oils and things to change the frequency in the room. And I said, you know, and I talked to that person. I said, just want to make it very clear that you're not welcome here. And but this thing had become so real to this person that her friend circle 
also included this being in the friend circle. Oh my gosh. This yeah. is how do how do people find out more about you? And they can call me to connect with you. Yeah, they can call me at 520-323-6291. Um they can find me on LinkedIn. And they can also, uh, I have a website, it's called the T-H-E Healthy Living Center. A lot of the stuff we just talked about is not on the website, by the way. <laughs> that has to oh. it's a little more careful. Um, and uh, so thehealthylivingcenter.com is the website. Or um, email could get me at mary dot healthy living center at gmail well for the listeners i just want you to know if you're driving and listening to this podcast i will have all this information in the show notes uh just for your reference well dr wilkin this has been extremely fascinating i had no idea the extent of what you do. Uh, we have talked about it. I have uh, through email, everything else. And this was definitely a lot more exciting than I thought. And I already thought it was super exciting. <laughs> well, I'm more so, than willing, you know, if your listeners come, you know, email you some questions or whatever, I'm more than willing to come back and we could do a series for them if you're interested. I, I think I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer for sure. This is so interesting uh, to explore. You know, this is not something that uh, obviously we, <laughs> there's no medication to sell with this. And uh, obviously, therefore, people don't hear about these types of things as much as they would uh, listening to some drug ads on TV. But Dr. Wilkin, I thank you so much. Uh, for your time uh, and sharing your wisdom for my listeners if you have any questions comments or suggestions please forward them to me to drspodcastshow at gmail.com dr wilkin and everyone else uh, have a wonderful week and until next time take care thank you dr wilkin god bless you